Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Matt Damely. Uh, thank you guys for coming back to the show. Big win for the Indianapolis Colts today, 44-27 over the Las Vegas Raiders. Colts improved to 9-4, and uh, big win, big win. Uh, consistent scoring throughout all four quarters uh, of this game. Big plays, uh, both offensively, defensively. You just have to love the way the Colts really showed up. And in all in all seriousness, uh, an absolute clutch win for the Indianapolis Colts here uh, with time winding down in the season to help solidify some sort of a legit playoff berth. So kudos to the Colts, Frank Reich, everything for really putting this one together. Close game, I mean, real close game, obviously, back and forth throughout uh, the majority of the first half. Uh, Colts finished the first half up 20-14. to 14. Ends up, Colts pull away with a big touchdown run from Jonathan Taylor, 62-yard jaunt in the, early in the third quarter. That really kind of sent the ball rolling, and the Indianapolis Colts really didn't look back after that. Uh, good game from Phillip Rivers. Clutch, I mean, in all aspects of it, didn't take a sack today. 19 of 28, 244 yards, uh, two scores. Big game, like I said, from Jonathan Taylor. 150 rushing yards on 20 carries, seven and a half yards a touch uh, on the ground. Two touchdowns, had an excellent game. We saw a couple, uh, a nice 31 yard run from Naheem Hines. He ended up with seven carries for 58 yards. All in all, the Colts averaged nearly seven yards per carry if you don't count the kneel downs and, and probably it was seven, seven yards of carry. So huge game from him. Another big game from T Y Hilton. Good job there. I mean, hundred over 170 yards in the last two games, three touchies. Uh, you love the way T Y has come to play five catches on seven targets, big game from him all in all. I mean, in very balanced fr- from the team, we didn't see uh, a lot of things uh, we didn't see a lot of targets going over overheads or anything like that. And all in all, the the Colts offensively played very, uh, very balanced throughout this game. Uh, turnovers. I mean, Darius Leonard another big game in terms of tackles. Uh, had himself a tackle for loss. Lots of passes defensed for the Colts today. Uh, five. Not not huge in pure numbers, but a lot of. A lot of breaking on the ball at the catch point, and, and that's huge for the Colts, and we all know what that leads to, turnovers. Uh, we saw Kenny Moore get burned today on a double move. 
And then Kenny Moore just came back and made plays uh, after play and forced a fumble. Interception, amazing interception in the end zone. Got to love what you saw there. We like what we've seen out of Rocky Sin today. Not, and I didn't, we didn't notice him getting burnt. And if we don't notice Rocky Sin, things are probably going pretty good. So, uh, obviously, Kari Willis has a pick six off a tip pass to, I think, Richard. Um, just like I said, big plays, bounce scoring. You love what you see there from the Colts. And all in all, uh, just a really solid game plan for the most part. The one thing that I want to complain about is the fact that we saw Jonathan Taylor running the ball really well early in the game. First two drives had six carries for 42 yards, had a 20-yard reception, and then we don't see him, like, again, basically touch the ball. He had three more touches the rest of the first half. And I, I don't understand that. Uh, Naheem Hines got the majority of the snaps in the first couple or in the rest of the uh, – in the rest of the first half. And I just don't think that that's an intelligent game plan. I, I don't think that that's uh, the way that the Colts really should design their thing. I mean, they, they're constantly talking about giving it to the hot hand. Well, Jonathan Taylor had about as hot a hand as you could possibly ask for, and they just quit giving him the ball. Obviously, he proved that if you continue to give him the ball, he's going to show up, especially when you're hot like that, man. He was just – he was running – well, he was running hard. We've been seeing his vision a lot lately in the past couple games. Those are things that you just don't stop feeding the monster, you know, or reasons that you don't. And they did. And I didn't understand it at all, but the Colts bounced back, you know, didn't really lose anything from that, uh, aside from the fact that they weren't putting points on the board uh, in those other uh, possessions. So, a little bit of here and there with all that, but you know, in the end result, like I said, the Colts end up playing pretty damn good football the remainder of the way out. Um, you like what the Colts did on third down throughout the day? They were eight of eleven. Um, that's about as good as you can ask for from the Colts. You like what they did um, in point or in uh, yards per play? They didn't hold the time of possession. And that that's not a, such a big issue, but you want them to control as much of the clock as you could. That's what they did for the most part. Uh, the Colts were two of five in the red zone. Defensively, they were also two of five in the red zone. So you can't really complain too awful much uh, about that either. Um, just have to like in general what you saw from the Colts all the way around. It was an excellent, excellent game. Uh, through and through and uh, you know if you're a Colts fan and you're watching this game and you're thinking about the playoff implications you've got to be a happy fan right now and to dig a little further uh, the Colts ended up scoring on or I'm sorry not scoring but they had four of their nine possessions where they had at least 10 plays that's impressive that's not something that we've seen throughout like I said at the top of the show consistency not just in scoring but in drive in possession being able to retain possession continue and a lot of that's third down uh, success and you know I mean just to continue to be able to push the ball down the field we saw them take some shots today I mean they took some shots on the shot to TY we saw them uh, we saw Rivers throwing the ball well getting guys in stride um, you know, it, it just, it was a nice, well-rounded attack. 
when you look at it that way. And, you know, being able to sustain drives for 10 plays is great. Not to mention, today the Colts scored 13 points off of their turnovers. That's impressive too. I mean, impressive for the Colts, I guess we should say. that You should expect points off turnovers. And today the Colts scored two field goals and a touchdown uh, directly. At least the touchdown was directly off of the turnover itself with the pick six. But that's that's necessary. That The Colts have to be able to do that pushing forward. And if the Colts can't do that, then the Colts are in trouble. So um, looking at Jonathan Taylor, just real quick, his last two games, his game in Houston, he had 13 carries for 91 yards. And when you look at what he did today, which was just so impressive, especially with that big 62-yard run, um, you saw him with 20 carries and 150 yards. So you're looking at 33 carries, uh, nearly, what, 241 yards in the past two games. That's pretty damn impressive. And for a guy who has kind of who struggled early, uh, had a nice 100-yard game in the first few weeks, uh, and then you kind of saw him kind of start to come down to earth, right? We saw him struggle reading the outside zone. We saw him struggle getting up the middle. And then the last couple games, he's been good up the middle. He's been good on the outside zone. You can see that he's finding his patience, his burst, his vision, all at the right time. This could not be more important for the Colts going forward with their running game. Um, especially for a running game that has struggled so much throughout the year, not just in yards per carry, but in just bulk and being able to hit that home run. We haven't seen that since last year with Marlon Mack. And Taylor's got the speed. Hines has the speed if he's got the green. And you get those two guys hitting off big chunk plays, and that's exactly what the Colts need to go forward. <clears throat> So loving what the Colts are doing right now, uh, I think that everybody, at least, I know we're a little reserved right now because, look, you get a couple plays, you get that pick six that probably, you know, is kind of, you can call it luck or whatever, but you've got forced turnovers, you've got great defensive turnovers, both by Kenny Moore, and you see the impressive run run stopping ability from this Colts front and then you see how the the back end is still flourishing for the most part even though the Kari Willis and uh Blackman got split today for a touchdown early on by Aguilar you still love that young duo I mean that's a first and second year player back there as your starting safety tandem you've got a young Kenny Moore you've got a former pro bowler who was trashed the past two years in Xavier Rhodes, who's playing damn good football right now and almost had a pick today if it hadn't have been for two other Colts basically getting a beat on that same pass uh, right at the beginning of the third quarter. So you love the way that the secondary's filling out. You love the depth at linebacker. Uh, Darius Leonard did go out with a back injury in this game. Um, that sucks, but the I guess if there's a... Silver lining, you see that Bobby Okariki was back and looked really good. You see how important his length and his coverage skills actually are to this team. And if Darius Leonard's going to be out, which we don't want him out, there's no two ways. Excuse me, there's no two ways about that. The bottom line is, is that the Colts have a really good 1B linebacker in Bobby Okariki that can step up, make plays, cover tackle and and do it all basically in a, in a slightly less 
uh, version of Darius Leonard. And that's important. That's so important for this team. The defense is on point right now. You've got, I mean, Buckner is just killing people. Autry's doing well against the run. And you're seeing guys like Muhammad who are just as sturdy as they get. You know, he's not a premier pass rusher. He is a solid pass rusher, but he's good against the run. He's doing everything you need him to do. And the the way that they're rule, moving in there with that other defensive tackle opposite Buckner, you're seeing solid play out of Dequan, uh, Tyquan Lewis. I mean, and you're seeing solid play out of just about anybody that they move in there. Grover Stewart's played well. It, it's, it's a really nice defense, and I think that the Colts are a very legit top five to eight defense in this NFL, and that's something the Colts haven't seen in a long time. If you can get this offense – putting half their drives of 10 or more plays together, you've got a real contender, folks. Okay, now, do we have a real contender in the Indianapolis Colts right now? It's still hard to say, but what did they do today? They put the Las Vegas Raiders on wax, and that was another wild card, hopeful contender, whatever you want to call them. That's a big move. That's a clutch, clutch game at their house. I mean, the Colts have a winning record right now on, on the road and more than a winning record, what, 5-2, and two, I think, on the road right now. And that's impressive. That The Colts need that. They need to be able to go into other people's houses, take care of business, and then be able to hopefully find a way to get home game. Now, can the Colts end up winning the division? That's another story for another day. There's still three games to play. The Colts have two divisional games. They've got a game against the Steelers. And the Steelers right now, are looking beatable. As we speak, the Steelers are getting beat 23-7 to by the Buffalo Bills. That doesn't mean the Buffalo Bills are nothing to shake a stick at. I'm simply saying that the Steelers are beatable. And if the Colts can go into Pittsburgh and come away with a win or come away with a really solid performance, that should give all of us hope. Because the Texans got smoked today. The Jaguars got smoked today. The Colts are still the single victory for the Jaguars at this point. The Colts need to go in there and just pound the hell out of them in Lucas Oil in the final week of the season. The Colts right now are sitting in really good shape. Nine of four, three games to go. They definitely should win two of those games. An 11-win Colts team right now, I think that a lot of people, I mean, the most, the most positive people the most positive Colts fans at the beginning of the year were saying 10 to 11 wins. And that was a stretch. <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. I thought this team was a nine win team, possibly a 10 win team. Okay. Now they're a nine win team. And I feel like they have to be at least a 10 win team right now. That's a really cool feeling for Colts fans. That's impressive. That's good coaching. That's good execution on both sides of the ball. That is learning from mistakes. That's your quarterback right now playing a hell of a lot better, a hell of a lot better than any of us really truly expected him to. I mean, if if you told me that the that the Indianapolis Colts or that uh, um, Phil Rivers was going to have you know a, a section of games like this as he's had you know recently, uh, I think that I would probably have said, yeah, I think that you're you know, a little too high on him right now because that's just not the kind of guy he is. But you look at just his last, what, four games? Uh, let's see, 
two touchdowns today, two against Houston, two against Tennessee, three against Green Bay. Let's look at five games. So we got uh, six, ten, ten touchdowns, two picks in the last five games from Phillip Rivers. I don't think you could ask for much more than that. And he's got a hundred and a hundred plus QB rating in four of those five games. That's exactly what you want. Now you look at those games also, and you're seeing a minimum of 30 to 35 or about 35 attempts per game. I don't think that's exactly what you want, but when he's playing that successful and he's hitting close to 300 yards or more in each of those games, I don't think that you can really have anything to complain about. This is just not something that I think that a lot of uh, Colts fans really would have guessed they'd be seeing from Philip Rivers at this point in the game. I just feel, I don't feel that way. I'm excited about it. I think that you guys should be excited about it. And not to mention, we're, we're seeing the last three games here that the Colts are going to be playing uh, before the postseason are shaping up pretty nicely, I think. The Colts do not play well against the Steelers. I don't expect them to, it just because we've never we just haven't seen them do it. But the Colts, I mean, have been great against the Texans. They've been good against the Jaguars at home. I mean, two of their last three games are at home, guys. The the in front of fans. The fans are going to be hyped because this team right now is proving that they're playoff worthy. And not just playoff worthy, but playoff worthy to the point to where this team could actually make some noise, could truly do something in this uh, in, in this playoff. And, and man, if they couldn't get if the Tennessee Titans can lose at least two games in this, or somehow the Colts can get you know a better record out of this, and the Colts can win the division. That could set up really nicely for the Colts heading down the road. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to go through some of the scoring plays here right after the break and uh, finish up for this before we get into our Week 15 talk uh, for the rest of the week uh, with the Houston Texans. Uh, we'll talk to you guys here in just a second. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. 
In the Vergecast series Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, folks, we're back. Uh, let's look at what we got going on here with the the possessions here for the Colts. The Colts uh, started out really well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, in just the first possession, had 42 yards and six carries. Um, the Colts end up settling on this. I mean, they're just chucking down the field, and they just look dominant in this first possession. The Colts do end up settling for a three uh, from Blankenship. He's good. The Colts get their first three on the board with 8.52 to go in the first quarter. Uh, the Colts' defense forces a three and out on the Raiders. Now, things get a little dicey here because, as we know, that Anthony Costanzo was back from his knee issue, but he didn't last long, at least at first. Uh, Nelson went over to left tackle, and Joey Hunt went to left guard for the Colts. Um, something that was really interesting and impressive in me to me on this second drive, the Colts converted on three third down conversions, three pit, uh, critical third down conversions. Rivers completes to Pittman for a third and seven. Rivers completed to Hilton for a third and eight. And then on the next third down conversion, which Costanzo was back in the lineup here by this time, he had gone to the locker room and come back. Um, and the third one being to Hilton in the red zone for a touchdown. One thing, that's a score in the red zone. And it was a third down conversion to Hilton who's continuing to shine now. And God, we can only hope that this is the T.Y. Hilton we see for the rest of the year. This is, I mean, <laughs> T.Y. Hilton must be hearing the the taking a pay cut talk between uh, Twitter and everywhere else because it, it's there's a lot of it. And, and T.Y. Hilton right now is coming alive. So let's hope that he comes alive for the rest of the season because – they could use him. I mean, you've got guys like Pittman. You've got a nice backup in what you have in Pascal. And if T.Y. can come alive, man, the Colts have a few legit receivers there, not to mention their tight ends and their running backs. The Colts have a much better receiving core uh, than you would expect if T.Y. Hilton's available. If not, this, this receiving core is in trouble. And everybody wants to see T.Y. shine because T.Y.'s electric. T.Y. allow. I mean, he opens up so much for these other guys. It's just silly. Uh, anyways, Colts are up 10-0 with 259 to go in the first. Um, Carr hooks up with Moreau for a big 40-yard touchdown, a 47-yard touchdown, actually. Um, Kenny Moore doesn't quite get his hand, uh, you know, over the ball. And then he ends up schooling Blackman uh, for the touchdown, gets past him. And then the Colts are up 10-7 with just nine seconds to go in the first quarter. Coming back on the following possession, the Colts, there's a big hookup with, uh, to Doyle for 28 yards on the first play of the possession. The Colts aren't able to convert. There, there was a questionable pass interference call, in my opinion. Uh, I, I thought it should have been pass interference. It was not. Just my, I mean, when you drape over a guy like that, I just don't know how you can't get it. But they pick the flag up. It's no, no call, and, and that's it. 
Uh, Kenny Moore on the following possession gets toasted that we were talking about earlier on a double move by Aguilar. Raiders are immediately deep in Colts territory. Colts are a car, excuse me, hit Aguilar on 21 yard touchdown throw. The one that he split Willis and Blackman and the Raiders are up 14 to 10 with 1038 to go in the second quarter. Rivers comes back on their falling on the Colts falling possession and connects with Pittman to get the Colts into Vegas territory. Rivers hit Hilton for his second touchdown from 43 yards. Uh, Colts are back up on top 17-14 with nine more a little bit over nine minutes to go in the second quarter. Uh, the Raiders convert on a couple third down attempts. There's a big play to Waller. Uh, Kenny Moore gets hit with a horse collar uh, that put the Raiders at the 15 yard line. Then Kenny Moore comes back and catches that one-handed interception in the end zone with a little over four minutes to go in the second quarter. That really turned the tide. And to, to me, in my opinion, that is Kenny Moore getting beat. Kenny Moore gets, you know, not beat again, but then struggles to get Waller down and has to, you know, horse collar him. And then Kenny Moore just shows who he is and how important he is to this defense and this team in general comes back and just snags that ball out of the air. That is one of the most impressive catches I've ever seen. Not to mention he goes to the ground, that ball does not move. And he never puts a second hand on that football. So uh, kind of enjoyed that. The Colts falling possession was a little bit of good and bad for me. Uh, It ends with a field goal from Blankenship. But at the beginning of the possession, the Colts are bailed out. I mean, they're about to go three and out. And there's a defensive holding call. And at at that point, I'll be perfectly honest with you, the play calling on the first part of that possession was absolute shit. And I don't know what the deal was with that, but it looked like the Colts were about to kind of lose it. Colts end up getting to third and one. There's a false start with Brissett in the game. It went to third and six, but Rivers, clutch as clutch can can get right now, hits a third down conversion to Pascal on a third and six. Uh, Pascal ends up getting seven yards after contact. And uh, that just keeps going. Taylor converts on a 16-yard run on third and 10. I remember so many times we used to complain and piss and moan about the third, third and long draws. Well, Taylor hit one and, and got 16 yards out of it. Pittman gets a false start. Uh, there's a drop. He has a drop on second down. And then Hines gets to the two-yard line with just a second left in the half. Colts get a field goal, go up 20 to 14 as time goes out. Halftime score is 20 to 14. Coming back in the second half, Carlson ends the uh, Vegas drive with a field goal with 941 to go in the third. The Colts are only up 20 to 17. Uh, that was the possession where I said Rhodes should have had that interception, but there was three Colts on that pass, and that kind of kept the drive going, the fact that it wasn't intercepted. Uh, Wilkins con- uh, converted on a third down with Brissett in the game. Third and one, you hand it off. And they mentioned something. In, in, in Ian Eagle, eh, eh, I cannot stand listening to him, but he was very right. Uh, and he said that, you know, the more you see Brissett in the game on these third and shorts, fourth and shorts, you're going to expand the playbook or explain, expand those plays a little bit, and you're going to get more options out of it. Well, that's exactly what the Colts did there. They toss the ball to Wilkins. Wilkins gets like, what, three, four yards on it. Easy, easy. Big Jonathan Taylor breakout touchdown run just after that, 62 yards. Colts go up 27 to 17 with seven and a half to go in the third. Um, Raiders come back on their following possession, and they're a little methodical getting down the field. Small chunks of yards, consistent, not really getting the third down much on it. 
Rhodes left the game. Uh, I wasn't real sure how he got hurt, but he had a leg injury uh, of some sort. It was definitely lower body anyways. I thought it was because Okariki came up and kind of finished off that tackle, and I thought that Okariki's helmet may have hit uh, Rhodes in the forearm or something like that. I don't even know how, even after the replay, I wasn't real sure how the leg got involved there, but maybe I just missed it. Uh, Buckner got himself another QB hit on Carr, but Carr was still able to complete a pass for nine yards to Aguilar on second and 10. Um, Jacobs ends up converting on the third down. Colts forced third and goal a little bit further down in the drive on the 10-yard line, and uh, Vegas had to settle for a field goal. Colts are up 27-20 with just over 10 seconds to go in the third quarter. Uh, Colts follow, following possession. Rivers hits Hilton on a second and 11 for first down. Gets a third and five conversion to Hilton down there. These are big plays. I mean, they, they, we don't need to talk about these necessarily because they're not scoring plays, but these are big plays throughout the game that kept the chains moving, kept the Colts moving, and kept their momentum going throughout this game. Got a big 30-yard run from Naheem Hines. Uh, Colts got another third down conversion for a neutral zone infraction on the Raiders. Uh, that put the ball at the Vegas three. Taylor got himself a three-yard touchdown. Colts are up 34-20, and just like that, like the Colts completely have, you know, they look dominant in the first part of the game where they're up 10 nothing. Now they're up 34-20 again with 9.23 to go in the fourth, and it just kind of looked like the Colts were establishing or reestablishing their dominance in this. Very first play from scrimmage. Uh, pass goes out to Hunter Renfro on a screen. Kenny Moore forces another fumble. Colts get the ball back. And, and ultimately, this seals the game. And this just the route is on at this point. Uh, two runs from Taylor only netted a couple yards. Then there's a false start on Nelson after a, on a third and eight. That makes it 13, and, or I'm sorry, third and 13. Taylor picked up 12. And then field goal from Blankenship from 35 yards puts the Colts up 37 to 20. Um, following possession for the Raiders. Here it is. I mean, you're up 37-20. The Colts have it in the bag for the most part. And then this pass goes through Richard's hands into Kari Wills, pick six, 44-20, and that's it. Carr gets a garbage time touchdown. Um, there was a missed holding call that was on Ture, but you know what? Uh, something that I noticed in Ture's snaps, he's – I don't even know if I want to use this word, but he's weak right now. He, he's not impressive. So if he's still very tender on that ankle or what, he got some snaps at the end of the game because um, they were pulling starters for the most part. I mean, this was like high school stuff. Uh, you're at 44-20. You let these guys that haven't gotten the snaps get there. And Teray just looked weak. I saw him pull a spin move. It was easily dismissed. He was just shunned immediately by the left tackle. Then he goes to the other side of the line, and this is the one where Carr gets his uh his run into the end zone and he just I mean he was being held like a like a kid I mean honestly he was held but Trey could do nothing about it Trey didn't have a secondary move Trey didn't have the strength to pull off and actually even like throw his arms up or or try to disengage and, and look like he was being held he just there was nothing he could do about it and to be perfectly honest with you uh, Trey doesn't deserve the snaps right now because he's just not in game shape or something. Something's up with him. And maybe it's just, you know, lack, uh, just more uh, injury issues, you know, with that ankle. Maybe that's just, la uh, it's just, you know, going on and on. And it's just uh tweak. It continues to tweak each and every game or something like that. But 
Yeah, he's he doesn't deserve the snaps right now, and not, not, not as a person, he just doesn't deserve the snaps because he's not ready. So if we're looking, go back and look at that game. If you got it recorded or whatever, go back and look at that and look at Trey snaps at the end of the game. He's just not, he's not powerful. He's not fast right now. So um, hopefully Trey can, you know, get himself in, in better shape and that ankle can improve and, and come along a little bit because the Colts certainly need him to be uh, at the top of his game, especially when you have a guy like him who's a designed speed rusher. You've got other guys who can power rush. You know, the Colts didn't get any uh, legit hits today. I mean, they had a few hits on on Carr, but ultimately, you know, I mean, the Colts just didn't have uh, a, a great amount of pressure. They didn't have any sacks on Carr. And uh, like I said, uh, what they get? Uh, two quarterback hits the entire day. So that's got to change. Um, and, and Carr held the ball long enough, too. This wasn't a, you know, Carr's getting the ball out in two and a half seconds every single pass play. They had opportunities. The Vegas line just held up. And uh, the Colts weren't able to do much. So hopefully that can change. Uh, I'd like to see what the Colts can do against uh, Houston. Hopefully Teray can kind of, you know, get healthy this week. Maybe he comes back and has a decent game next week, gets a few more snaps, and he's a little more stable on that ankle. Um, hopefully that, uh, Darius Leonard, you know, gets healthy this week. Um, this is a good week, honestly, if, if we're going to say this and I'm not, I hope this isn't the case. I don't want anything serious with his back, obviously, but if there's a week where the Colts could go without Darius Leonard, I think this is it. So let, let's, let's just hope that Darius can get healthy because look, we're, we're talking, we're talking playoff run now. Okay. You've got offense and defense running and, and clicking. All in the same game, consistent through four quarters. This is when the Colts need them to shine on both sides of the ball. And uh, I just, you know, Darius Leonard's a big piece, don't get me wrong, but if there's a game where the Colts could probably handle it without him, I think you've got Okariki who can spy, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, and, you know, I think the Colts can, I, I really feel like the Colts should have beaten the piss out of the Texans last time. They just didn't. Uh, they definitely should this time. So, um, big, big win for the Colts guys. Big win. Colts are nine and four. Uh, I feel like they are, you know, they should feel like they're in control of their own fate at this point, heading into the playoffs with three games to go. Um, hopefully they feel that way. Hopefully they feel strong. Hopefully the Colts, uh, you know, have their minds right and their everything screwed on straight, so to speak, and they can get themselves in position to take control of this wild card race and kind of sit the, sit atop of it and hope that they can get themselves a division win in the process uh, this week, win the division outright possibly over the next few weeks. Uh, hopefully the Titans run into some troubles, and uh, we'll just see how it all shakes out. But uh, right now the Colts are in good shape, 9-4, and four, and you've got to love if you're a Colts fan where the Colts sit right now. And I think Frank Reich, I think any of the players do. I think that uh, anybody who's watched them earlier in the season and you look at them after a game like this and you think, Okay, that's a game you badly needed. You dominated another playoff contender. That's exactly what you needed to see. So congratulations to the Colts. Excellent game. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to another big week here uh, as the Colts uh, are going to be hosting the Houston Texans in week 15. So 
Um, that's all we got for tonight. Uh, get to Stampede Blue and check out all your Indianapolis Colts news and notes. You can follow me on Twitter at MDanelySB. If you guys have anything that you guys want on the show, uh, shoot me a DM or whatever, and we'll talk about it a little more in depth. Um, but other than that, I'm going to sign off for the night. So I'll talk to you guys next time right here on the Colts cast.